<clears throat> we've been praying for God to speak to us during this revival, and as I thought through the Word of God, um, I thought about a passage of Scripture where God spoke very, very plainly. And uh, as we're desiring God to speak to us, not only at this time of revival coming up, but just in our, our, our daily lives, we all want to be able to, 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 to hear from God, to sense Him, to sense His closeness, to sense His leading in our lives. And how is it that that happens? And I thought back to an example that is found in Exodus chapter 3. If we can have the scripture that's up there. This is from the New King James Version. This is the version of the, uh, of the burning bush account. Moses has been out on the backside of a desert tending sheep and is minding his own business, really, doing what he does. And God has seen fit that he would be able to choose a leader to lead his people out of Egyptian slavery that they had been in for 400 years. And while God could have done that by some miracle of his own, it seems like in all things that God does, he uses humans. And he chose Moses to be able to be the leader. This would have been a very unlikely person for him to choose. And if we read the, all of the account in Exodus chapter 3, basically as Moses is saying, why in the world did you choose me? You could have chosen a whole lot better people than me. And the very start of this account, Moses is minding his own business, tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert came to Orab, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in the midst of the bush. So he, so he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And I know most of you know this, but I don't want to take it for granted. That, that simply means the bush was on fire, but it wasn't burning up. And this was an awesome sight that this bush would absolutely be ablaze, but it was not withering and it was not burning up. Verse 3 says, Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight while the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. He turned aside. And the scripture plainly says, when he turned aside, God spoke. Moses is not just walking in the backside of the desert and God speaks to him out of this burning bush. No, he sees this burning bush. He sees this sight. God has used something here to get his attention. But God doesn't just, doesn't just shout at him out of the bush. He's walking, he sees this bush, he says he turns aside and goes and investigates, and when he turned aside, when he turned aside, the Bible clearly says, God spoke. Nineteen hundred and ninety-nine I was graduating from Asbury Seminary, and I had three places where I could go plant a church that were offered to me. One was in Florida, and one was in Georgia, and one was in Illinois. And so I started praying on where I would go and plant this church. And I would tell God, I said, God, I, I really need a burning bush. I really need handwriting on the wall. I, I know church planting is going to be in 
incredibly difficult and there are going to be times when I'm very, very down and I have to know that, you, that I know that I know that you call me to this. And that call, that burning bush will get me through those difficult times. Well, I'd set myself a deadline of May 1st to be able to make that decision. And I was getting close to May 1st and was not any closer to that decision. And if you could read my prayer journals back at that time, you would just see me month by month and week by week there agonizing over that decision. And I was writing about that. And I finally I called a, a friend of uh, mine. And I said, you know, I just, I just Keith Newman, he's, used to be vice president of Mount Vernon Nazarene, pastor of Houston First Church. And I said, Keith, I, I, I need, man, I, I just need to know. I need a burning bush. And you know what he said to me? He said, um, he said Mark, uh, burning bushes happen in the wilderness. He said, uh, Mark, you're a pastor in three churches two churches, you're taking 15 graduate hours to try to graduate here. You're too busy. You got to turn aside. You got to turn aside if you want to hear from God. And that was wonderful advice for me. And there's been many times I have to in my life intentionally to be able to turn aside for God to be able to speak to me. And whether we're talking about this revival or whether we're talking about the normal course of our Christian life, it seems like when we make the very intentional choice to turn aside, God speaks to us in a different way. Now let me talk to you about God speaks. There's only been one time in my life, there's only been one time in my life that you could put a gun to my head and pull the trigger and I will not dispute the fact that I know that he spoke to me. I know he spoke to me in July of 1998 at Southern Nazarene University, sitting down in, in, in the lobby all by myself early one morning. I know that he spoke. And, and I can't even tell you that it was an audible voice, but I know the hairs raised up on my arm. And I, you, don't, you will never hear me as a pastor to be able to say this is what God told me or God told me this or God told me that because I'm very, very careful on that language. Because many times I don't know whether God is speaking or whether that's just me wanting something to happen. So I'm very, very careful on that language because when a pastor pulls out the God told me card, it's his ace in the hole. You know, how can you all disagree with what God told me, you know? I'm very, very careful on that. I had a guy one time tell me that God spoke to him every Sunday morning, every day that he shaved in the mirror. He's sitting there shaving. Oh, excuse me. Sitting there shaving. That kind of sounded like shaving. It, it sits there shaving. And God was just sitting there speaking to him in the mirror. And you still keep shaving? I mean... <laughs> I mean, when God really speaks in biblical ways, people fall on their faces, and it's a holy moment. It's not, you know? 
So when I'm talking about God speak, I'm not necessarily talking about this audible voice. And, and, I, and God can speak any way he wants to, and he, speak, and, and, he, and he moves in different people different ways. Usually with me, it's just some kind of an impression that, that I feel, and I can't say it's any kind of a voice. And, and I don't like to talk about God speaking to me, but, and because sometimes if you out there saying that, well, I've never heard God like that, that must mean you have a second-rate Christian experience. No, God works with different people in different ways. And then some of you can, can be able to say that you know that God spoke to you about something. That's wonderful and good. But when I'm talking about God speaking, I'm not necessarily talking about that audible voice. I'm talking about that, that impression that you have, that, that sense that you know, that you know, that you know. And how that, how that is confirmed in you can be a lot of different ways. But friends, it seems like when we turn aside, when we turn aside, it seems like God speaks. He says in the book of Revelation, he said, behold, he says, I stand at the door and I knock. He can knock down the door if he wants to. No big deal. But he says, behold, Church, will you open the door? Will you make the choice? You know, if I was God, I'd just kick that thing down, knock some sense into my head, you know? Here's, here's our God. Will you come and open the door? And then I come in supper with you. Turn aside from the busyness of life. My goodness. If you're going to be able to really get something out of this revival, it's going to take some priority, making a priority in your schedule. There's, there's something you all can be able to find to do on every single night. I know that. I know that. But there needs to be an, an intentional turning aside. And, and, and this is no guilt wrap. I'm just saying, for God to move, for God to speak, for you to benefit in the way that God wants us all to benefit from this, there needs to be a turning aside from the busyness of life. I, I, I think... I think, I think busyness is one of the enemy's best tactics. And many times we're busy with really good things, aren't we? We're, we're not talking about bad things. We're busy with really good, important things. But I think I've shared with you before that Jennifer Shulgrove was a lay person in one of my churches, and she told me, she said, she has to sometimes say no to the good so she can say yes to the best. We're so busy. There are so many good things to do. 
so many important things to do that sometimes we have to say no to a lot of good, good things. So we have the time to turn aside for the best thing. And I think allowing God to be able to speak to us during this thing that we call revival, I think that is a really, really important thing worthy of us turning aside, worthy of us changing our schedules. You know, I have, in the last, in, ele- in 11 days, I've had three family members die. Um, my Aunt Helen, who was my dad's sister, uh, Sue's grandmother, and my Uncle Bill, who was my mother's brother-in-law. And two of those, while they were in their mid-80s, excuse me, one of those, while they were in their mid-80s, it came fast. Um, uh, Eight days ago, he was out on his tractor mowing uh, and then all of a sudden this respiratory issue that he had just really accelerated and phew. even he was even though he's 85 he had he's a farmer and he breathed in too much stuff and it finally got him my 93 year old um, Sue's 93 year old grandmother Sue saw her two weeks before her death and she was Grandma Ewing, 93. She was in a wheelchair, but she was just the same Grandma Ewing we've seen for three or four years. Then all of a sudden, the body said, Friends, I, I know this, you know this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, whether, whether, whether you're young people or whether you're older. I mean, it's like this. And if we know that the end could come, whether we're 85 or whether we're 53, we know that the end could come. We better make sure that we turn aside now to the things in life that are the most important. And I'm not trying to make a big deal here about this revival as the most important. No. I'm just talking about your life in general. For God to move on us For God to be able to direct us, there's a deliberate turning aside that needs to happen. And I'm asking that for the revival, but I'm just asking that for your lives. Is there an intentional turning aside from your busyness? And I don't know how you can work that out in your life, and you're working that out differently than I work it out. I know it's hard. Hey, listen, I get paid to turn aside. Okay, my job description is praying and reading scripture and being intimate and close with God. That's my job description, and it's hard for me because I'm a male and and I got type A personality, and I want to get up and get things going. But it's my job description. It's hard for me. How much harder it must be for you all? It's not in your job description. I'm not laying a gill wrap on anybody. I'm just telling you. 
what Scripture says and what I've learned out in my Christian experience and what most of you have learned in your Christian experience, that God speaks when we turn aside. And I just come to remind you of that this morning. Turn aside from the busyness of life. Turning aside from the busyness of life. Turning aside from the cares of life. You know, if you want to hear from God, it's very tough to be able to hear from God when my mind is so jumbled with the cares of life and I'm so concerned about all of the things that are going on in my life. It seems like to me from my experience, I don't know about yours, it seems like in my experience when I give those to God and when I can rest in Him and trust in Him, even though those cares are still there, but God, you're going to take care of me through this and I'm not fretting over this. I'm, I'm not going to worry over this. I'm going to, give this to, I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to do what I think I should be able to do as a human being, but I'm not going to fret on this. I think that's a turning aside that God honors. We all have cares of life. We all have our worries in life. And we can be so bogged down with all of that that we can't hear from God. Um, I may have told you this too. I don't know. You can blame. I'm 53. You can blame it on that, I guess. <laughs> Ed Winkle is the visitation pastor at West Carrollton. And, and back a few years ago when gas was up like it was now, pushing $4 a gallon, all that kind of stuff. I thought, oh, Ed, what are we going to do? $4 a gallon. <laughs> he said, you know, Mark, if gas gets to $15 a gallon, God's going to take care of me. That's the way I want to be. That's the way I want to be. I'm just not sure God speaks in all my, oh, what am I going to do? I think God speaks to me when I just stop. You know, I had a friend of mine when I taught school at Sterling High School would use the term, are you resting in him? And I never heard that before he used it. And I think as, as we just rest in him, in his provision, his care, his love, his watch care over us, I think that's a deliberate turning aside that God honors and we hear from God and it's tough to hear from him in the world. I think God wanted me to come this morning as a church getting ready for revival, but just as a church that wants to hear from God whether we had a revival scheduled next week or not. How is it we hear from God? Moses says, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. And the scripture says, when God saw that he turned aside, God spoke. He could have yelled at him through the bush as he was minding his own business, walking, walking around tending the flock. But as he made a choice, as he turned aside, God spoke. As we open the door, as we draw near to him, Scripture says he draws near to us. It goes back to choices. We've been praying on our Wednesday night prayer meetings for a, 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 a spirit of praise in our revival. That we'll come into this place and we'll have a spirit of praise. But I know that how much easier it is to speak after I come up here after a marvelous time of 
praise and worship. Not that the music was so good. Not that they didn't miss any notes up here. Not that all the singing was so good. But you know what makes a good worship service is when the people enter in. When the people enter in. Whether whether we're Church of Christ and there's no musicians up here or not, doesn't make any difference. When the people enter in and have the freedom, the freedom to enter in. Freedom. Well, I don't care what my wife thinks about it or not. I'm going to raise my hands. I don't care what my husband says or not. Freedom. Freedom. And, and there's something special that happens when we turn aside to worship and make that intentional choice and praise and worship. God comes. You know what? Maybe God could come in our praise and worship time and Dr. Manley wouldn't even have time to speak because God just comes. I can remember when we came back from Promise Keepers in 1995 or 6, 5 probably, and we had just taken 40 guys to Promise Keepers from Sterling First Church of the Nazarene, Sterling, Illinois, and we got in like about at 4 o'clock in the morning, and we all made a commitment when we got off that bus at 4 o'clock in the morning that we were going to be there for the 9 o'clock service. <laughs> and we were. We came in. We turned aside. We were intentional. And both services... God honored us, and we sang all hail King Jesus, and we just sang it and sang it and sang it and sang it. And then we sat down, and the pastor rightfully didn't start preaching. He just kind of he just kind of stood there to allow to see if the spirit was going to move again. All of a sudden, from this side over here, somebody was saying, Holy, holy, holy. Somebody just started on their own. And it went across. God honors his people when they praise him. When they have freedom to praise him. But that takes a turning aside. That takes a choice. That takes a not worried about what other people may say. Whether it doesn't make any difference, whether I can carry a note in a bucket, doesn't make any difference at all. I'm just going to sing. And God honors that. Because there's a certain amount of humbleness it takes to sing, you know, especially when you can't sing. <laughs> and this is tough for us guys, especially. Because it's not too cool for us guys to sing. Of course, after all, I mean, this, this corporate singing that we do in church is a really odd thing. Where else do we do this in society, come together as people and sing? Maybe at the seventh inning of a ball game. (laughs) There's a real humbleness. There's a real humbleness of spirit that it, it takes to be able to stand and sing with full heart. Even to be a male, to stand and sing in full heart, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. takes a turning aside. takes a choice. Take our revival out of it. 
Okay, I could have preached this message this morning whether we didn't have Dr. Manley coming next week or not. You want to hear from God? I don't know what turn aside means for you. It could mean something different for every single person in this room. I'm not telling you how to turn aside. But there needs to be some turning aside from normal every day It's one of the best things I like about funerals. I stood there yesterday and conducted my Uncle Bill's funeral. And funerals are one of the few times in life that you get unbelievers, or sometimes even believers, to think about eternal things. And it takes the turning aside of coming to a funeral taking time off of work, out of your schedule, to, to get and get sober enough, and I don't mean sober like not drinking, just sober and serious enough to think about the truly eternal thing. And I did my best. My dad always told me the best time in the world to preach a gospel is at the funeral because you've got hearts that are open, and tender, thinking about eternal things. It always bugs me at a funeral. You know, we, we, we come close and we talk about the eternal things, life. And then we go have a funeral dinner and we're talking about the Cubs and the <laughs> Reds. And we go back to our normal stuff. But maybe one good thing about a funeral is I suppose there's several good things about it, but we, we intentionally turn aside to think about eternal things. Hopefully, if the preacher is, 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 does his job, people come to grips with their eternity. With their eternity. Well, I just think God wanted me to tell the church this morning to turn aside. Whatever that means. Revival coming? No revival coming. Turn aside. Give me some time. Focus on me. The eternal one. And take your mind off the temporal things. One thing I quoted yesterday is 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that says, Outwardly we are wasting away, but inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Our light and momentary troubles. Whatever cares of the world that you're going through right now, in the light of eternity with the spotlight of eternity on it, God's Word says they're light and momentary. And I'm not minimizing the stuff that you're going through. Most of you have gone through diff more difficult stuff than I've had to go through. 
But in the light of eternity, the Bible calls it light and momentary. How is it we turn aside knowing that whatever stuff we're going through, it's just temporal? For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. One great way to turn aside is to have an eternal perspective, and that's really hard in 2012 with all the stuff we have going on. Turn aside, church. For the revival and for our own spiritual well-being. Let's pray together. Father God, it seems like it, as we've talked many times, um, it just comes down to our choices. And we have to make a choice sometimes between good things so we can be able to get to those best things. And so, Father, I, I don't know what turning aside means to these people. I know what it means for me and my family. I just pray for these people that they uh, take this message to heart. and You'll give them the grace to turn aside. Yes, for our revival, but in the larger scheme of things, just for their own Christian journey. Give them the grace to turn aside and just maybe just maybe we'll hear from you thank you for your word thank you that it seems like every Sunday it cuts sharper than a two-edged sword thank you for that we claim your promise now that your word will not come back void but accomplish the, prom the purpose that you have for it in Jesus' name we pray.